praise God that although we may have a real sense this morning of being in a battle against the flesh, the world, and the devil, that the Son of God rides alongside us, and his is the victory. Amen. Please be seated. And if I could ask you, please, to turn back in your Bibles to Psalm 107. That would be excellent. So we come to the fifth and last in this short series uh, on selected psalms. And I suppose in one sense the selection seems fairly arbitrary. It's simply the first psalm in each of the five books of the Psalter. Uh, And yet I hope you'll agree with me that each of the uh, psalms we have considered so far has been a treasure Uh, both in terms of its poetry and its spiritual insight and encouragement. And I hope that you will find that this psalm this morning is no exception. The psalm, as uh, Colin uh, perceived uh, in his hymns, uh, in his uh, prayers, excuse me, um, is... uh, So I should have given you the page number, which is 610, 611. Um, uh, The psalm has patterns uh, within it. Uh, It tells of four stories, four vignettes, uh, beginning with people being in dire straits. Uh, We have, in verses 4 to 9, a picture of people who are lost. Some wandered in desert wastelands, finding no way to a city where they could settle. They were hungry and thirsty, and their lives ebbed away. And then in verses 10 to 16, we have a picture of those who are enslaved. Some sat in darkness and deepest gloom, prisoners suffering in iron chains, He subjected them to bitter labor. They stumbled, and there was no one to help. A third picture, picture of damaged people. I almost call them sin-sick people because they have brought this upon themselves. Some became fools through their rebellious ways, and suffered affliction because of their iniquities. They loathed all food and drew near to the gates of death. This psalm actually makes it clear that in the case of the enslaved and the damaged people uh, in particular, they have brought their folly and their difficulty upon themselves. The fourth picture is that of the storm-tossed. Others went out on the sea in ships. The Lord spoke and stirred up a tempest that lifted high the waves. They were at their wits' end. So four pictures, four vignettes of people in dire straits. Their very lives are in danger. And at least to a certain extent, it's their own fault. Has God forsaken them? Does God say to them, it's your own fault, you get yourselves out of this muddle? By no means. 
The pattern in this psalm is that the lost are found and are brought home. In verse 6 we read, The Lord delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way to a city where they could settle. The enslaved are set free. The Lord brought them out of darkness and the deepest gloom and broke away their chains. The damaged, the sin-sick, are healed. He sent forth his word and healed them. He rescued them from the grave. He healed them with a word. And the storm-tossed are rescued. He stilled the storm to a whisper. Does that remind you anything? From the New Testament, he stilled the storm to a whisper. The waves of the sea were hushed. He guided them to their desired haven. Four pictures then of utter distress. On the borders, on the edge of calamity. And four pictures of divine rescue. And there is a pattern running all the way through these four stories. There is, first of all, the account of the predicament itself. And then, as Colin has pointed out, there is a cry to God for help. And then God's help is received. And each section ends with an invitation to give thanks to the God who has delivered those people. It's a pattern that uh, I think uh, belongs in the first instance, in the original context, uh, reading from verse 3, those he gathered from the lands, from the east and west, from north and south. This seems to fit the picture of the return of the exiles in the days of Ezra, Nehemiah, and Zerubbabel, towards the end of those 77 ways of summarizing the story of the Old Testament. But you, can, you know, you can find this pattern at other, t- in, at other times and in other places. Look back over that 77-fold uh, story of the Old Testament and God's dealings with, with his people of old, and you'll find it especially in the book of Judges, This recurring pattern of God's people getting themselves into dire straits, calling out to God to help them, God coming and rescuing and saving them, and then giving thanks. And the cycle happens over and over again. You can find it throughout Christian history as well. When man finds himself in utter extremity, he finds that's God's opportunity and we call those times of, uh, uh, of spiritual awakening following spiritual decline uh, revivals. And you can find that pattern throughout Christian history. So there is a pattern there that doesn't on, only belong to one point in the history of God's dealings with his people, but to many points. And so I think we're right to generalize out of this psalm um, and to consider together that there are other kinds of lostness. 
other ways of being lost. There is the lostness, for example, that comes from simply not knowing the God who made us and to whom we must one day give an account. There are other forms of slavery. There is the moral slavery that comes when we find ourselves trapped in repeated patterns of unhealthy thoughts and feelings and attitudes and behaviours, and we seem to find no way of escape. There are other ways of being damaged. There is the damage that comes from a guilty uh, conscience that eats away at us and stunts our spiritual and emotional growth. And, of course, there are other ways of being storm-tossed. There's the anxiety of feeling that everything has got on top of us and we can see no rhyme or reason in it, nor any way through it. So this psalm, it seems to me, speaks to us of the human condition. Although, as Christians, we believe in the essential dignity of every human being, we also know that as a race we have fallen from that knowledge and love of God in which we were created. We recognize that because of rebellion against God, we are lost, enslaved, damaged, and storm-tossed. This is a psalm of every man. So there is a broader application, and we look forward to the work of Christ in dealing with our fallen condition. For after all, we read in the Gospels that in Christ the lost are found. Remember those, that set of parables in Luke chapter 15. The lost sheep is found. The lost coin is found. The lost son, that we usually call the prodigal son, is found. In Christ, the enslaved are set free. Jesus, at the very outset of his earthly ministry, quoted from the book of Isaiah and said, I have come to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and to release the oppressed. That was his mission. In Christ, the damaged find healing. There's a very interesting account in the beginning, near the beginning of Mark's Gospel. The man is paralysed, but the first thing Jesus says to him is, your sins are forgiven. Now, we know that not every sickness, every illness, is the direct result of that individual sin. But Jesus perceived that, at least on this occasion, there was a connection, and the first thing that man needed was sins forgiven, and then body healed. And in Christ, the storm-tossed are rescued. Illustrated graphically in the stilling of the storm, maybe the disciples were thinking of this very psalm when they responded in astonishment to what Jesus uh, did by asking, who is this that the winds and the wave obey him? Because they knew that only God could control the winds and the waves. But more generally, Jesus said at the time, and he says to each and every one today, come to me, all you who are weary and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Where then is all of this pointing us this morning? Is it pointing us, for example, in the direction of prayer? 
does this psalm teach us? That when we cry out in uh, anguish and difficulty to God, that he will hear our prayer? Well, yes, of course it teaches that. Does this psalm point us in the direction of social outreach? This psalm, after all, teaches us that God cares for the homeless, the enslaved, the damaged, those in peril on land and sea, and so should we care. And so, therefore, on the basis of this scripture, it is right for us to support uh, Beeson and its invitation for us to engage in alternative Christian giving this Christmas to those in needy around Norwich. And uh, uh, to... Uh, Uh, also support the parenting initiative that we we heard about this morning. Yes, this psalm does point in the direction of social outreach. Does it point in the direction of evangelistic outreach? Let's tell the world that in Christ the lost are found, the enslaved are set free, the damaged find healing, and the storm-tossed are rescued. Yes, does uh, uh, does this psalm encourage us to engage in the prayer walk, the leaflet drop, carol singing around the parish and in the Colman hospitals. Yes, all that and much more. And yet, you know, the psalm itself points to something else in particular. The psalm itself points us in a different direction, and yet not a different direction than prayer, social outreach, and evangelistic outreach, because this psalm underpins these others. For what is it that underlies and motivates our social and evangelistic efforts and our prayer? It is thanksgiving. Remember, at the end of each of those stories, there was a call to give thanks. The psalm begins, verse 1, with a call to give thanks. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. The psalm ends with uh, the expression, whoever is wise, let him heed these things and consider the great love of the Lord. So the great uh, thing that this psalm is pointing us to is thanksgiving, for God's people to praise the Lord, and that out of that, out of full and thankful hearts, to put this into action in every way that we can. It is out of glad and thankful hearts that we will find strength to serve God's purposes in our generation. If at this time, ladies and gentlemen, you feel distressed about the conflicts that we have heard about only this morning right around the world, if you are distressed about the mess that the C of E, the Church of England, has found itself in at this present time, if you long to see uh, more of God's love and power at work here in our midst at Holy Trinity, if you personally feel that you have lost your way, trapped by your own habits and circumstances, battered, bruised, and storm-tossed, then take heart from what God has done in the past and believe that God can do it again. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you that throughout all ages... When people in their extremity have cried out to you, you have heard and listened and answered. You have not blamed, but you have forgiven. You have not left us to help ourselves, but you have lifted us up and placed our feet on a rock. Now help us now. We ask again that you would hear and answer the prayers that we have offered publicly this morning, 
and that lie quietly in our own hearts, hardly know how to frame them into words. Lord, be to us a strong redeemer, and may our hearts be glad because of that. Amen.